Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I talk Tantra with Tori Feldman. She is the founder of Sacred Ancestry. She's an ancestral healing guide, legacy mentor, and women's spirituality mentor. I'm so grateful for her content and so appreciative that she is here on the podcast to offer her perspective of living an expansive life. So thank you for being here, Tori. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about your journey with ancestral healing and feminine wisdom? How did you discover this passion and purpose? Mm, thank you so much, Leola. I'm so glad to be here. The journey is ever unfolding and it just, it it's tendrils are in every area of my life since childhood. So I'll, I'll put it in a beautiful nutshell for us without telling you my entire life story. <laughs> Essentially, I was raised Jewish and in the LA area, and I didn't have any sense of spirituality in my family. No one was spiritual in my community. I didn't have anyone to look to for spiritual guidance or even to understand what spirituality was. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I thought that I had inherited essentially a culture of fast food and celebrities and cars and a religion that I didn't resonate with. I actually went to Hebrew school for five years. I learned how to read and write Hebrew, and I was really, really into the language, but we weren't taught anything about the spirituality of our ancestral traditions. And through that experience, it led me to want to find something that I resonated with. I felt like I received this kind of empty shell. I wasn't aware of my roots, and I didn't even know the importance of my roots. I was just told in the Jewish tradition, we do this because we do this. And there was no real depth to it. There was no real meaning to it. So that eventually guided me to go and study cultural anthropology. I was so fascinated with indigenous wisdom and ways of honoring the earth and indigenous spirituality. And through studying in this incredible program that had a class called shamanism, a class called Taoism, a class called the nine tribes of Oregon, I dove really deep into different indigenous traditions and indigenous rites. And then I went and lived and volunteered on a reservation for a year with dear friends that I made there working on cultural revitalization projects. One of those projects was for the Hiached Otom tribe, whose language was almost extinct, and working with elders to formulate a lesson plan so that we could teach the language for free at the library and allow for the youth to come and learn how to speak the language to continue on the ancestral ways. Mm -hmm. And what we found was the elders were coming to class because they wanted to speak the language that was formerly not allowed to be spoken due to residential schools, but the youth weren't interested in coming. And so there was this really big disconnect between the elders and the ancestral traditions, which really needed to be passed down in order to revitalize this culture and this language that was on the verge of extinction and the youth who were more interested in drinking monster and listening to metal music, which was kind of the culture there on the reservation. And through a year of working on this language project and several other projects there, I ultimately came to realize I was so passionate about the elders passing on their ancestral traditions and their roots and their rites and their rituals and their language from my own wound of being, you know, a white girl raised in LA. And I felt a deep grief and shame and anger 
that I didn't have a connection to my own ancestors' ways and my own roots. And so I took a hard, long look at myself and decided that I wanted to dive into my own ancestry and find the magic and the spirituality in my lineage. And for many of us, we may feel disconnected from that ancestral wisdom because many of our ancestors had to convert their religion in order to stay safe and give up more pagan earth-honoring traditions. But all of our lineages at the root have a deep connection to the earth, have a deep connection to spirituality and ritual and magic and ways of living and being with the ancestors. So that was just the beginning of my journey and what guided me to look into my own relationship to my ancestors. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that depth. And I love the self-awareness to see that you were projecting this wound into this project and taking the time to go back and look within. I very much feel um, similar in my relationship to the religion that I was raised in Christianity, uh, and the story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, which is, you know, a whole other, other topic. Uh, and also, um, my grandmother was Polish and she was brought to America as a child in the forties and adopted. And she's convinced that she's not Jewish, but I'm convinced that she is. Um, and, and it's really interesting how we can reclaim that. So where does this bring you now? Like, what are you offering? What, what is ancestral healing look like to you in this moment? Mm. Well, this has grown into an absolute obsession and also a directive from the ancestors. It's something that I decided to step into. And once I did, I felt this incredible connection to the ancestors on the other side who were teaching me and telling me what to do and giving me this guidance to eventually birth sacred ancestry into the world. My ancestors started coming into my dreams and I started making the deep connection between ancestral healing and womb healing, which is also my area of expertise. So I dove deep onto my own path of healing, not only my ancestral lineage, like I shared, I have Jewish, I also have German and Polish, and Hungarian, and Russian, and many other European cultures as well. And so I hold the blood of the oppressed, the Jewish, as well as the oppressor, the German, and so much more. And through diving in specifically and doing my deep spiritual healing work, I came to find that the body is a map for our ancestral wounds. This is somatic work, looking at not only how emotions are stored and living in the body and affecting our nervous systems, but also how the stories of our ancestors and specifically as women, how our womb spaces are holding imprints of our ancestors and all of those who came before us. And so a lot of the work that I offer and that I'm so obsessed with is the intersection between our feminine energy, the awakening of the divine feminine on our planet and healing all of our feminine ancestors that came before us so that we can live fully expressed lives where we're not afraid to speak our truth, to own our power, to radiate in our sensuality and sexuality. And a huge part of that is healing the witch wound which is that ancient fear of persecution, whether your ancestors were witches or not. So many women in our lineages weren't able to express their magic, right? And magic isn't only just the, the ritual space. It's also the deep feminine gifts of our intuition and our emotion, et cetera. And so through my work today and what I offer is guiding women to tap into the magic that lives in their lineage, even if they don't think that it's there, and to tap into the deep, ancient, ancestral wisdom that is living within our bodies, which we can access at any time. So we don't only have ancestral trauma that's stored in our bodies and our DNA and our cells. We also have ancestral wisdom. And every time that we heal an ancestral trauma, we actually unlock the trauma to receive the gem of wisdom that's been lying in wait there, waiting for us to reclaim it. So that's essentially the the work that I do in my course, The Honeyed Womb, and what I'm obsessed with sharing all the time on social media. It's just I can never shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I a lot of my work is very parallel in that 
it's this divine dichotomy of the deeper that you go into the pain points, meaning potentially ancestral trauma, the greater opportunity that you have to unlock more love and expansion, which sounds like it might be that wisdom that has the opportunity to come through. So that's super incredible. And I'm really excited to be learning more about another way to tap into that uh, with, you know, ancestral healing. So how does one connect to their ancestors and like, why can we go a little bit deeper into the, the, the hows and the, and the whys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There are infinite ways to connect to our ancestors. And I believe that there is no wrong way. There are containers we can create so that we can do so in a way that feels safe, that's boundaried and that's responsible. And We each have our own intuition. We're each sovereign beings. We each have our very own unique connection to our ancestors. And so for some people, connecting to their ancestors might look like closing their eyes and inviting their healed, wise, and well ancestors to be with them. We make this distinction between the healed, wise, and well ancestors and just ancestors in general, because of course, not all of our ancestors are healed. So just the same way that you don't really want to have beings in your space, whether they're embodied and alive or not, that are not yet healed, that are perhaps, for lack of a better term, toxic or unwell or going to perpetuate old patterns within your life. We want to make that distinction and invite in our healed, wise and well ancestors. And so we all have healed, wise, and well ancestors. Sometimes you need to travel back thousands of years in your lineages before there was a core wound that happened, but we all have healed ancestors in our lineage. And so for some people, it's closing their eyes and inviting in those wise and well ones to be with them and just opening up every sense, their inner sight, their inner hearing, their inner smell, taste, and touch, and their intuition and beginning to form a relationship with their ancestors in that sense. Whereas for other people, it may be a path of research, of looking into what were some of the traditions that your ancestors practiced, what were their ways of prayer, what were their ways of honoring the earth and the seasons and the cycles of life and death, what were their ways of connecting spiritually, what were some of the foods that they ate, what were you know some of the crafts that your ancestors may have made as a livelihood, how can you connect to your ancestors not only through closed eye, but also within how you're moving your body and how you're moving through your life. Like just the act of stirring a pot as you're cooking is this ancient act that thousands of women before you and your lineage have done before. Mm -hmm. And it can also tap you into that, you know, more witchy, magical essence that lives within your lineage. There's so many things that we can do to connect to our ancestors, to awaken our intuition. And those are just a couple examples that could start to spark some inquiry. Absolutely beautiful. That was really touching. Just thinking about thousands of years of women in the same process. Like we have so much in our bones that are in common with the women and the the men as well that came before us. But I'd love to go a little bit deeper into talking about sexual trauma or generational um, blockages in the womb space. Uh, You know, talking about things like rape and pillage and like, how has that, how could that be affecting your womb space now? Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, many of our ancestors have experienced sexual trauma and the way that that is living in our lives today isn't only showing up in our relationships. It's also showing up in our nervous systems and our relationship to ourself and our relationship to the divine and our relationship to feeling safe in our bodies and in our womb spaces. And if one in three women has experienced sexual violence involving physical contact at some point in her life on an ancestral level. You can imagine that one in every three of your feminine ancestors experienced a sexual trauma. And so sexual patterns and wounding can be passed down through our lineages. And I believe that we here in these bodies, whether you're a woman or a man or anywhere on the gender spectrum, we're here on this planet during a time when I believe we have more resources available to us than ever before to do this deep healing work, not only for ourselves, but for our lineages so that we can clear those patterns from our bodies, our womb spaces, our nervous systems, our psyches, every cell. And so that we can create a better future for generations to come, not only in our blood lineages, but on the planet, we're in a paradigm shift right now. And so 
a huge part of that, I believe, is actually looking at the incredible connection between our ancestors and our sexuality, because sex is what brought us here into existence. And our ancestors having sex is what created us. And so on the very basic physical level of life and death and creation, it was ancestors having sex that allowed our our generations to continue, that allowed these stories to continue. And so if you imagine how many of our ancestors may have had sex through unconsciousness or, like you said, through rape or through not completely consensual situations or through ways that in some way disempowered one of the members having sex, that's a lot of energy to clear. And that's not to say we need to carry the weight of all of our ancestors on our shoulders. No, but rather it's to empower us to see that through healing our own relationship to our sexuality and through healing our relationship to our ancestors and just taking care of ourselves and doing this inner work, we can also intend that that healing ripples out through our lineages, forwards and backwards. And so if you think of, I'm sure that you teach this, Leola, if you think of sexuality as being life force energy, mm-hmm. which is, you know, many traditions all over the world, including Tantra, have taught this. When you cut yourself off from your sexuality, you cut yourself off from your life force energy. And it's the same with our ancestors. If you cut yourself off from your ancestors or there isn't a pure connection there, then you're cutting yourself off from their life force energy from the thousands of ancestors who have come before you and all of the power that they hold collectively. And if you feel shame or cut off from your ancestors or from your sexuality, it's in some way cutting you off from your own ability to embody your power and your life force energy and to use it as basically to harness it as a force of healing for yourself and for your lineage and for the world. And so sexuality and sensuality are actually a portal to ancestral remembrance when we do that healing work and that clearing work, like through the act of connecting to our sensuality and sexuality, whether you're doing that through the act of sex or otherwise, right? Because there's infinite ways to make love with all creation and to be present in your body and to tap into your sexual force through doing that, you're actually connecting to all of the ancestors before you who have done that. And through harnessing it in a conscious way, it's helping to repattern all of the unconscious ways that our ancestors may have engaged with their sexuality and all of the traumas that have come before us in our lineages. And so it's one thing to let our sexuality flow from a wounded place or an unconscious place. And there's no shame in that, right? That's a part of what we get to heal. But it's another to consciously wield it as a force of ancestral healing. And this is where it really weaves into the power of the womb space as well for us as women. Our wombs are connected to our mothers and our grandmothers all the way down our lineages. And while your mother was in the womb of your grandmother, you actually existed on a cellular level. When your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, your mother had in her little womb, in her fetus womb, all of the eggs that she would ever have. And so on a cellular level, we all existed within the womb of our grandmothers. And so there's this red thread that connects our womb to the wombs of all of the women before us. And so our wombs carry the imprints, not only of our ancestors in general, but specifically around the womb spaces and the sexuality of our feminine ancestors. And so when you combine your healed relationship to sexual energy with your healed relationship to your ancestors, then the floodgates of love truly burst open and the love of all of your ancestors, their support, their protection, their wisdom can move through you and is activated in your energetic field and in your body instead of being dislodged or not completely made to be at peace with who you are. Absolutely. So powerfully and eloquently put your words just feel like such a transmission right now. So I'm, I'm guessing that everyone listening is feeling this too, but it's just really powerful. And I wanted to give you that, um, that grace and that appreciation. Mm-hmm. 
And I also deeply value how you are connecting this very like esoteric concept or what seems esoteric to many people, or at least when I first heard about ancestral healing, it felt very um, like unattainable in some ways, but I love how you connected it to this physical aspect of, you know, you existing scientifically existing in your, your grandmother's womb and, and how that just ripples in both directions. And like, that's a fact, like that's so incredible. And it really grounds a lot of these concepts. Uh, and I'd love to go deeper into that, you know, kind of chatting about how epigenetics might be touching into this space. Yeah. Epigenetics are incredible for those of you who maybe you're just hearing this word or you've heard it, but you're not exactly sure what it is. Epigenetics are the scientific study of gene expression and how trauma can actually be inherited, not only through the ideas of what happened in your lineage, but on a very real cellular embodied level. And so it's the study of how certain genes can switch on and off and carry trauma. And I specifically want to name the incredible work of Dr. Rachel Yehuda, who has studied epigenetics. And she studied PTSD with the grandchildren of Holocaust survivors and also the descendants of veterans who were present in war. And what she found is that there is a 70% chance higher likelihood for the grandchild of someone who survived the Holocaust to have PTSD than someone who isn't inheriting the trauma from someone who was in the Holocaust. And so just looking at that, looking at how this can actually be proven by science, and this is just on a level of PTSD, right? Like this is just something that can be understood through gene expression and then zooming out and looking at all of the implications of that. And she also studied during 9-11, the women who were pregnant during 9-11 and during the Twin Towers falling, the effects in utero on the children who were in the womb while their mother was experiencing a trauma. And so this also weaves into not only healing our own womb trauma, but looking at our time in our mother's womb and what happened to our mother's during our time in her womb. And this doesn't always need to be a huge trauma such as 9-11. It could also be the trauma of she was going through a financial hardship and she didn't know if she would be able to provide a good life for her child. This could be that she was in a big fight with the father of the child. This could be, you know, she was in a car crash or she fell on the skiing slopes like my mom did when she was three months pregnant with me. She fell on the skiing slopes and she couldn't get herself back up and she was screaming, asking for help. And so looking at all of those pieces, we can begin to see how epigenetics starts to weave into not only the, the physical, scientifically proven work, but also it begins to make us ask those questions of like, wow, if science has proven this what are all of the ways that this might be manifesting in my life? What are all of the questions I might want to ask myself about my mother and my time in her womb, about what my ancestors experienced or things that my, gran my grandparents even experienced that might still be affecting me today? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for going into that with um, you know, that perspective of, of looking at the scientific space, but also like all of the possibilities, like we just have this one study that's showing one element, but thinking about how, you know, our mother showed up in purpose, like how does that affect how we're able to claim our purpose or to claim our sexuality, to claim our pleasure. Uh, and obviously you have the more, you know, ways to see how culture has shifted over time and how that can be societal conditioning that affects how we show up, but also on the cellular, cellular and energetic level as well of like, how was mother feeling? How was her energy moving in her body? And, mm -hmm. and it's such an invitation to connect with, you know, our parents and our ancestors in that way. I'm curious though, if you have any suggestions for people that um, feel like not as comfortable talking to their parents about this or their grandparents, or maybe there's death that has, that's kind of keeping that block or, you know, other circumstances that make it uh, a little bit harder for people. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Through my work, I make the distinction that we actually don't need to necessarily talk to our relatives in order to get the stories of our ancestors. And so for those of us who are able and who are comfortable, that's beautiful. And that's an added supplementary layer onto the depths of this work. 
And for those of us who aren't able due to whatever reason, including if you have a boundary with a parent or a grandparent because their relationship with you was not healthy, then what we can do is begin to feel into our bodies as that ancestral map of remembrance. And so this is something that I do through my work, through the mythic memory method, which I developed, which is looking at when you feel into an ancestral wound or an emotion, even if you don't consciously know where it started or how it's manifesting in every area of your life, but you have that intuitive hit, like there's something here, like that my anger doesn't just feel like my anger. It feels like it comes from my mother's father's line, et cetera. So you can begin to intuitively just feel and get those hits of like, there's something that wants to shift around my ancestors, but I don't quite know what it is. And then you can also look at what are some of the patterns that you do know. You can look, for example, if you're wanting to dive into the sexual healing, you can ask questions like, what was my parents' relationship with their body? Like, how did my mother look at herself in the mirror? How did she speak about herself? Did she think that she was beautiful? Did she berate herself with her own words? And, you know, if you see that your father, for example, may have had a history of cheating or he left early asking questions around that. And so starting to piece things together through your emotion, your intuition and the memories that you have. But then through the mythic memory method, what we essentially do is we use those entry points, usually the emotional entry point as a portal into remembering stories in your lineage that may have been lost. And specifically what I guide women to do, well, it's only been women so far, but I'm actually releasing a course that's going to be for men later this year too. What I guide women to do is dive in through creating a safe space with your healed ancestors and with an ancestral guide. We travel back to the moment that a core wound happened in the lineage. And oftentimes this is thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. That's beyond conscious memory. And when we travel back to that time, Time and time again, what happens through this work is tears start streaming down the client's face as they see and feel and remember what happened thousands of years ago in their lineage. Mm -hmm. And all I do as a facilitator is I ask questions like, what are you noticing now? You know, what's present in your body? What happens next? And these stories are just told and they feel so visceral and so real, like their bodies are vibrating, tears are streaming down their face. They feel the presence of their ancestors. They're seeing something that happened thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And so while for some of us, we may think like, oh, I can't really do ancestral healing because I don't know, you know, I can't talk to my grandparents. That's actually not where the deepest work happens. The deepest work happens at the root thousands of years ago. And when we do that healing work, then it can ripple all the way through all of the generations and it can touch our grandparents and it can touch our parents and it can touch us and integrate into every area of our lives. And then of course, ripple out to future generations. Yeah, absolutely. This really reminds me of an element of my work in being emotionally current. Like we're carrying so much past stuff, both from our own lives, but even from like, you know, obviously the ancestral lineages as well. And we're not realizing how much that is is showing up in our, in our day to day and being emotionally current means you know, allowing yourself to release and to come through that so that you can actually be in your day to day in a space of not projecting all of that past stuff on. Uh, And with that, I'd love to go more into like some of the embodiment and tools, like for me working with things like sacred rage or like even Yoni mapping, you know, working with like the cervix or the G spot to release trauma has been like one of the most healing experiences that I've like allowed myself to, to go through um, to the point that like orgasmic potential also opens up. Like I had my first anger gasm recently and it was like literally anger. And it's like, I don't even know if this is mine. Like, I feel like I have enough things from my life that I could be angry (laughs) about to have that release, but also it feels deeper than that. And, um, being able to alchemize this, the, the most dense emotions of this reality, uh, and, and finding ways for it to like literally vibrate out in the most pleasurable way is something I'm deeply passionate about. So I'm curious if you could speak more into that. Ooh, 
Amen. Oh my God. Okay. I need to celebrate you for a moment that you had an anger gasm and that you were feeling like this might not just be your anger alone, just the power of that. Thank you so much for sharing. And I am obsessed actually with this topic of emotional alchemy. This is actually a whole module in my course, The Honeyed Womb, is all about emotional alchemy and shadow work and boundaries and the connection between all of those things and how they impact us now and how they're also releases for our ancestors when we do so consciously. And so emotional alchemy is for me hand in hand with shadow work. And shadow work is essentially looking at what are the emotions that I have been repressing or pushing away or judging as bad? What are the parts of myself that I've been shaming or judging or criticizing that I have not integrated through a healed perspective into my full power? And so anytime that we heal a shadow or we bring love to a part of ourselves that we previously thought was unlovable, we reclaim such deep power. And the same is true for our lineages. So when it comes to emotions such as anger or grief or sorrow and despair or anything else, even wounds such as unworthiness, you know, like imposter syndrome, et cetera. What we can do is we can feel not only into where that's living in our own bodies and affecting our lives today, but where that emotion is actually deeply tied to so many of our ancestors before us and understanding that it didn't just start with us. It didn't just start with this lifetime. And many of our core wounds and the emotions that we repress and judge as bad start in childhood, or at least so we think. But the truth about childhood wounds is that the way that we were raised and the traumas that we received when we were children, whether they were big or more subtle, those are actually also ancestral patterns because that's how our parents were parented. That's how our parents were programmed when they were children. And same with our grandparents and their parents before them, right? And so through ancestral healing work and being emotionally current, just like you're saying, and allowing ourselves to tap into the depths of that emotion beyond the stories of the mind, right? But dropping into the body. One of the most powerful practices that I've done around this, and I have, you know, a whole method for that as well, but just to share like a little story is I started tapping into my grief I, my cat was transitioning to the other side and she was like my best friend. And so I started sitting with the grief of my cat passing away. That was, you know, the, the story, the surface level. And then through that grief, I began to feel into this well of grief that was so much bigger than just me. And as women, especially, and I think this is true for, for anybody, gender irregardless, but as women, especially, we are like these walking antennas to process energy, not only for ourselves, but also for our communities, for our lineages and for the earth and for the collective. And so this is where a lot of empaths or intuitive beings can sometimes feel disempowered by their gifts is when they're constantly so open that they become overrun by their emotions and their emotions can swallow them whole. And then they can start cycling in the emotions and not know how to come back into their sovereignty and into their boundary power. And so through setting healthy boundaries, you can decide when you're going to process something just for yourself or whether you're going to expand that boundary a little and process something for your lineage. Or if you want to expand that boundary even more, you can process something for the earth or for the collective. And so through this experience, feeling into this grief of my cat who was beginning her transition, I decided to really drop in on the ancestral level and feel where there was grief lodged in my heart and lodged in my body that my ancestors hadn't fully processed and that I was still carrying. And it makes no sense to the rational mind. This is when we enter into the state of, okay, God, I surrender. I'm going to go there. I'm going to create a sacred container for myself to feel this to the extent that it feels healthy to do so for my nervous system, which is, of course, where we come into different kinds of trauma-informed lenses, such as titration. So only feeling as much as you feel that you can handle safely at a time. But what I found by tapping into that grief that day was actually this, this really old ancestral story of the grief 
of my ancestors who had lost their connection to their ancestral ways, who had to literally leave ancestral ways behind through essentially colonization and move forward in a way where they were disconnected from the earth and disconnected from each other and disconnected from the medicine of the portal of death, which is what I was experiencing, you know, through my cat passing and basically being her death doula. And so one of the practices that we can do that you can do who's listening is feeling into not just the emotion on the surface level, but feeling into the ways that that ancestral resonance with that emotion is living in your body, identifying where it is, and then expressing it through yourself and through the expression and through going deep within and moving it through your body, then you can begin to unearth ancestral stories of what's wanting to be healed through you. And then the healing happens beyond just the level of I'm sad about my cat, but on the level of all of our ancestors who weren't able to process that emotion or fully move it through. Yeah, absolutely. And just giving ourselves permission to express in this way is so powerful because we haven't you know, we, when we're young, it's, you know, stop crying or shut up or don't be a baby, et cetera. And there's no like shift in recognizing like there are ways to move our bodies, to process emotions healthily. Uh, and, and so that's been a big journey for me is giving myself that permission, creating that sacred container, um, by, you know, closing the door, putting on the music that brings out that emotion and then just letting my body move, hit some pillows, like throw a fucking tantrum, like just giving yourself permission to go to those places, uh, with longevity as well. I think that we often want to just fix the feeling or get through it as fast as possible. And so just allowing ourselves to flow through it, which is, so, so incredible. And I love that you brought up death as well, because death is obviously so linked to sex and we don't often think that. Um, and I'd love if we could speak into that and move, move into talking a little bit more about sacred sexuality and how that can be a way to connect to our ancestral healing abilities. Mm, oh my gosh. Well, the topics of birth and sex and death to me are like, you can't get more ancestral than that. So I love that. I I see that these are like the three main gateways of ancestral connection that we can experience. Birth, our first experience coming into this world through the womb of our mother and experiencing this world and embodying into this life, but also the experience of giving birth as a woman. And many women have had this experience of ancestor-assisted birth of all of the women who have come before them actually supporting them to push new life into this world. Right. And so birth is one of those deep portals that comes through sex and through sexuality. Then one of the big gates of initiation in our lives is sex itself, because it has that deep ancestral power that we spoke of before. And also because sex holds, I believe, this primal, primal ancestral energy behind it. And so even though we have been conditioned and we have received trauma all around sexuality, we've been told what to do and what not to do and what like you should look like and what you shouldn't look like when it comes to sexuality and we've experienced traumas through it, what we can do is we can actually tap into the ancient primal raw ancestral sexual energy at the core of creation. And you can even imagine how sex may have been for our ancestors a hundred thousand years ago, mm-hmm. where they don't have the conditioning of seeing women half naked in the media being used as commodities to advertise and sell things. And, you know, all of the violent crime that's reported on TV that makes women afraid to step outside. We always have to carry our keys and be careful. Right. So that those are just a couple examples of all of the ways that we're constantly inundated and conditioned to fear expressing our sexuality. But when you think of our ancestors, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, they didn't have that constant programming. And so through sex and through sexuality and not just in the act of sex, but like we shared, you know, working with our sexual energy, you can tap into that raw primal power that can literally burn through all of the chains of our trauma and conditioning. And this can happen in a healthy, integrated way through 
intention through embodiment practices, through circulating sexual energy, through connecting to our womb space, et cetera. There's something so deep and primal and ancient and important about remembering our deep ancestral sexual energy that we can tap into at any time. And I believe that's one of the most freeing things that we can do, like specifically while making love or doing an embodiment practices or a pleasure, pleasure practice on our own is letting that primal roar come through, letting our bodies move and undulate in ways that maybe were made to be seen as shameful, but that are actually ways of awakening our ancestors' energies through us. And I was in this amazing sensual dance class recently, and one of the activities we did was breathing into our womb space, breathing into our hips, and then putting on a song and moving through your hips in these ways that our ancestors did that were then turned into like this sexualized, you know, commodified dance, such as twerking or such as, you know, belly dancing or whatever people perceive those ancient arts to be today through a sexual lens. And so we talked about birth, we talked about sex, and then there's also the gateway of death. And like you shared, there's this deep connection with death and with sexual energy, just like the French say that the orgasm is le petit mort, like the little death. And how death is a time that we are literally walking across that bridge into the land of the ancestors and entering into, if you believe in reincarnation, that space in between death and life again, death and rebirth, the land of the ancestors. So that during that time, another ancestor of yours might be making love so that you can then continue the cycle, right? Continue the the journey of your soul through lifetime to lifetime. And I want to dive just a little bit deeper too into talking about that fear of death around our sexuality and pleasure. And so I mentioned, you know, all of the crime on TV that makes women afraid to go out and express their sexuality because we think that we will be hurt. And there's also the fear of death due to the witch burnings. And all of the times in history when women's sexuality was literally demonized and meant death for them. And so for many of us, it's subconscious and internalized, and it's also societal and ancestral to fear our sexuality and our pleasure and our full feminine expression. And it's a belief that's passed on to us, that's indoctrinated into us, that if we claim our sexuality, then something very bad will happen, whether it's an actual physical death or whether it's the death of not belonging in our community anymore, of being judged or socially ostracized or outcast Mm -hmm. or being disowned by the village, right? On that ancestral level, being disowned by the village literally meant death because you're out on your own. You're not protected by a community. You're not provided for by the community. And then also the level of there were women who were burned and there are women who could be ruined emotionally or socially for expressing their sexuality. So it's a really behind the fear of our sexuality is an ancient ancestral fear. It's not just programmed into us by society, but it's for all of our ancestors who had to shut down their sexuality or hide their sexuality or essentially shame their sexuality. And so beginning to reframe how we look at our sexual wounds, such as shame or shutdown as actual ancestral protection mechanisms that our ancestors needed to do on some level, they needed to shut down or hide their sexuality in order to survive so that we could be here. And so shifting our perspective from seeing it as just a wound that needs to be healed into seeing, oh, my ancestors actually did this so that I could be born, so that they could live, so that my parents and my grandparents could live, so that I can be here. And allowing for ourselves to now see that we're living in a time and we have the resources and we have the support where we can do that healing work, where we can turn to that energy which previously protected our lineages, such as shame or hiding, and we can say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, shame. Thank you to all of the women who shut down their sexual energy and made that sacrifice so that I could be here. Like, thank you so much. I see you. I am so grateful for the sacrifice you made so that I can be here. And this shame is no longer serving me. It's actually holding me back. And it's no longer serving future generations in my lineage and future generations of this earth. And so when a 
when a actual feeling or blockage or trauma such as shame has served its purpose, then we can receive its message, receive its gift, such as the gift of life in this case, right? And we can release it so that we can step forward into our full sexual, sensual embodiment and expression, which isn't just about sexuality, right? But around our full feminine expression from a completely new place. And in doing that, we also heal our ancestors as well. I love this. What I'm getting from that whole piece is the best way to honor your ancestors is to be sexual, is to claim your, reclaim your sexuality. Uh, I, I often say the patterns that helped us survive are not the same ones that helped us thrive, but be able to, to, but to be able to see the value of our ancestors doing what they needed to do to, to get us to where we are now, to be in the space of surviving. And now we have this opportunity to shift into this space of thriving thriving based on our ability to claim our pleasure, to claim our embodiment, uh, to claim our full expression is just so sacred and powerful and beautiful. And I'm so happy that you spoke so deeply into that. So thank you. Mm, Um, yeah, I'd love to wrap up with just uh, a couple of last questions, uh, unless you have something specific you'd like to, to add here, bring it on. Okay, great. So, uh, this first one is just a bonus question. It's what awakens your arrows? What turns you on? What makes you feel erotically alive? Oh, this question. I love it for me. Movement, Mm. movement, moving my body, dancing. I am a forever dancer. I'm always dancing around my home. It's one of my core feminine sensual practices that I just can't help but do because it's the expression of the divine moving through my body. It helps to, like we talked about, to clear energy, to move energy, to shift our energetic state into a state of pleasure. And so that is one of my deepest, deepest practices. And essentially just any any feminine embodiment practice when it comes to embodying the feminine pole. I'm a huge, huge fan of this work and deepening into surrender, deepening into being penetrated by consciousness, by the divine, receiving wisdom, receiving guidance, and just allowing myself to be a clear channel. Like That's really one of the things that awakens my eros the, more, the most, that awakens my life force energy the most is opening myself to be a channel for the divine to work through and create through. Absolutely. I love that answer. And I wanted to tie it back to one of the things that you were, you were speaking about previously that I, I wanted, wanted to acknowledge is this idea of allowing your body to move in these like really primal ways that are often seen as like a little bit scary or even gross or like just so demonized, but it's, it's so much the fullness of, of what it is to be human. And the the deeper that we go into that primal groundedness, the higher that we can soar. And I definitely want to encourage the listeners to give themselves permission to make those sounds, to move your bodies in ways that feel like a little bit sassy and juicy and um, primal. So thank you for that. And uh, last question, where can listeners find you or support you? What are you offering these days? Mm. Okay. I actually, I want to share something just in regards to what you just said, and then I'll answer that question. So you were talking about, you know, expressing the parts of you that are like sassy and more primal. And I also want to name to express through what you would usually call ugly, mm-hmm. like let yourself sound disgusting. If that's an essence, that's wanting to move through you and out of you, let your body contort and get really weird to dislodge any of the programming that tells you you always need to look good, right? And so can you actually find pleasure and magic and beauty in what you previously thought to be ugly? Ugly sounds, ugly body movements, even like ugly energies, right? That's a part of the shadow work and freeing ourselves from conditioning is letting ourselves completely let loose and be a conduit for energy. And when we allow ourselves to embody even those ugly, weird, pent up energies that we judge, it's actually helping the energy to move and release instead of still being a part of our shadow, which is walking with us because we haven't faced it. So I wanted to name that. And then can you repeat the question? (laughs) I love it. I love the addition. Uh, Where can listeners find you or support you? What are you offering? How can we get more of you? Hmm. 
I am on Instagram at sacred ancestry and just a side note, there's been a lot of pages that are copying my content and trying to scam people. So only trust the exact spelling of sacred ancestry, but you can find me there and you can also find me at sacredancestry.com. And there are many, many different ways you can continue this work. I have a free five-day challenge to connect to your ancestors. I also have a meditation called Reclaim Your Energy, which is all about releasing the energies that aren't yours and calling all your energy back to you. And you'll also feel your healed ancestors supporting you with that process. I also have a free three-day ceremony that's called Unveil the Witch Within, which is all around beginning to heal the witch wound. And I also want to share that my all-time favorite course creation is the honeyed womb. So if you loved what we are talking about today, module five is all about sacred sexuality, but there are 10 whole modules and it's the entire journey through our life as women specifically. It starts with your connection to the earth and to your ancestral homelands. We heal your time in your womb and your grandmother's womb, and we heal your birth story. It also includes inner child healing, the feminine blood mysteries, womb healing and awakening, feminine archetypes such as crossing the threshold from maiden into mother or mother into wise woman and crone. And then we dive into the shadow work, emotional alchemy and boundaries, then ancestral healing, which is module nine, <laughs> and then module 10, which is all about embodying a new narrative for yourself and your life and your lineage. So the honeyed womb is my all-time favorite creation, and it walks you through that full arc of life from birth through childhood, through the sexual initiation to death and the afterlife and the ancestors. Absolutely amazing. That sounds like such an incredible course. We'll definitely be linking all of your socials, the website and the course in the show notes. So listeners, if you're looking for it, you can find it below. Uh, and thank you again to Tori for joining me today. And I also want to express my gratitude to the listener. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day. And I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta.